Where would we be if we did not have the Word of God to guide and to direct us through this life? Difficult as it is, we need those reminders that God has given to us. One is that the world does not know us because the world did not know Jesus and who he was as he walked on the face of this earth. As we, excuse me, as we live in this world, it is easy to draw conclusions without the facts. No special effort is required. We live in a society that's rapidly doing that. Drawing conclusions without having the facts. They think they have some facts, but again, we like to draw conclusions without having all of the facts. And when you're in that area, my conclusions are just as valid as yours are. No, mine are more valid because they're my conclusions. And that's how each one thinks along the way. We deal with that, that can draw conclusions dealing with people, what they do, why they do it, and what's involved in their doing it. We use that involved in politics. We do it in the area of religion. We do it in the area of society. In any other aspect of life, we have that tendency of drawing conclusions, again, without sometimes drawing the resources necessary to draw a proper conclusion. To do such, it requires time, it requires effort, and it does require searching for the facts. And we will never have all the facts. And yet we will draw conclusions. We know that because we deal with God, do we not? Do we have all the facts concerning God? But we draw conclusions. We draw the information that we have and then try to draw the proper conclusion out of that. Consider the title for the lesson this morning. The world does not know us. And remember that we, in the time frame that we have, can only touch the hem of the garment or of the topic. But may it be enough to generate you to dig deeper on your own. The world does not know us. Who is the us? The us are Christians. And we deal with the world as well, but Christians. They do not know Christians. And sad to say, there are those who say that they are Christians who do not know 
what Christians really are. We're reminded in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, talking about those who claim to be religious, as Christianity had not been established at this particular point, but reminding that many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not done these works in your name? And he will say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Those who claim to be Christians do not always know what a Christian really is. You can look over in Matthew chapter 25. And you can see in the first part of chapter 25 the account of the, the virgins, the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. Those who were preparing for the coming of the bridegroom. Some who made preparations and some who did not. Reminding those who did not as being foolish. You're expecting a Messiah. You're expecting a Redeemer. And you do not want to make preparation for his coming. Or for now that he's come for us to make preparation to do what it is that he would say. The next parable that it gives is that of the talents. One given five, one given two, one given one talent. But not using what has been given. Particularly as the one talent man responded to the master. Described as being foolish and being cast out. <clears throat> they do not know who a Christian is. They do not know what a person who belongs to God is like. The last one deals with the sheep and the lambs. It's interesting to read. As you read that particular one in the latter part of Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats will be separated at that day. And we have often perceived that the separation will take place after the judgment. But as you read the parable, the separation has taken place before the judgment is passed. In other words, you decide today where you will be. When the last breath is drawn, the conclusion is already given. The judgment is simply the reason why they are where they are. Righteous because they did what was right. The wicked because they did not do what is right. But it's what they've already, it's what they did here that made that determination about, as to whether they would accept who Christ was or not. 
We already know that the world does not know us. They don't understand Christians or Christianity. They do not understand Christ and why he came. They tend to live in the world and under the world perception of what is going on. You see that in John 19 and in verse 10, where Pilate is talking to Jesus. And Pilate tells Jesus, do you not know that I have the power of life and death over you? Does not know who God is or who Christ is. Jesus reminded him, you only have the power because it was given to you. The world thinks that they devise the power, that they're the ones that have it, and fail to realize God is still in control. To remind it to us for today as well as any time in world history, that as we look around and see all the wickedness, we have to be reminded that God still is in control. He still has a purpose, and oftentimes, as with Pilate, did not understand the purpose of what God is doing or how he was doing it. The world does not know Christians. You see it a little bit later, God's people. In Acts 24, verses 24 and 25 was Felix. Paul reasoned him with righteousness, judgment, judgment. And self-control. And Felix trembled and said, if when is a more convenient season, I'll call for you. And that describes the world, does it not? They may think about something called eternity. But now is not the time to pursue that. I have time later on. And that time later on is never, has never arrived. And as far as Scripture is concerned, it never arrived for Felix. That convenient season to stop and to listen. Chapter 26 of Acts and verse 28. Paul is for King Agrippa. And he reminds Agrippa that he knew <clears throat> What the scriptures said. And Agrippa, knowing the prophecies evidently, was almost persuaded to become a Christian. Almost. Almost, as the song goes, is but lost. So many want to be almost. Yes, I do believe. I believe there is a God. Yes, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. But I'm not convinced, I'm not convicted that I need to make that decision now. Make the change and do what is right. Many people, as they would read Acts 10, in the religious world, 
would already conclude that Cornelius was a righteous man. He feared God, made alms, prayed, but he wasn't right in the eyes of God. And Peter had to reveal to him what it was that God wanted him to do along the way. Why is it that the world does not know us? The what about Christians? We looked at the who, looking at the what. A Christian is simply one who is Christ-like. The problem is, out of John 1, verse 11, Jesus came to his own, and his own received him not. Where did did it decide to be Christ-like? We need to have an understanding that you're going to come before those who claim to be religious. He came to the Jewish people. He came to those who had the law. He came to those who had read the prophets or had the prophets read to them. He came to those who were anticipating a Messiah to come to redeem them. And they would not receive him when he came. We're reminded in Luke 14, verses 26 and 27. Unless you believe that I am he, you cannot be my disciples. Unless we believe that he is exactly who he said he is. Unless we understand the implication of that. Unless we understand the depths of that. Believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Unless we believe, we cannot have life eternal. And unless that belief is a long-lasting, lifelong-lasting conviction, we will not see that eternal life with God. The Christian, one who is Christ-like, but his disciples... In Luke 19, verses 1 through 6, as it's being discussed about forgiving a brother, and of how they saw that as being extremely difficult to forgive a brother, and were told that they needed to. Sins against you and comes to you seven times a day, says, Forgive you, forgive. The response of the disciples was, if that is what is required of us as disciples of yours, you need to increase our faith. Wow. Can you imagine telling the Son of God, you need to increase my faith? Jesus said, you already have what you need. You already have the faith that you need. You just simply need to use it, to exercise it. If you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you could say, do this mountain be thrown in the sea? And it would be. If you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, the disciples were saying, the task you're asking me is too tremendous to forgive somebody who sins against me. 
Do you have what we need? The what? To be Christ-like. The world does not know that. The world does not know when Christians came to be. The religious world fully doesn't understand that either. We're reminded in Isaiah 62, in verse 2, there was coming a time when they would be called by a new name. Joe Slater was talking about that Wednesday night. This new name prophesied of old. And then would finally be given. This new name. You see, before this new name came into being, they were called God's people. Old Testament, even New Testament. Out of Isaiah 40 and verse 11. The people are called God's heritage. Out of Micah 7 verse 18. They're called disciples in Matthew 4 and verse 18 as well. But it's not until Acts 11 and verse 26 that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. It's a name God gave to be Christ-like. And again, Understanding that the world does not know us, they do not know Christ. It's understanding that the religious world, with God's Word, do not understand the name Christian and what is involved in that. It's interesting at times to hear somebody talk about being a Born again Christian. If you're a child of God, you have been born again. The redundancy in terms, if you will. But they don't understand what it means to be born again. Or what it takes to become this child of God, to be his child. They don't understand, the world does not understand or know us as to the where Christians are. We're reminded in Acts 8 and verse 4, as there was a persecution that arose against the church, the disciples were scattered abroad and they went everywhere preaching the word. They were scattered because they were Christians. They were scattered by a persecution that arose not specifically by the Romans, but by those who had at one time carried the name God's people, the Jews. They persecuted, as did the Romans as well, but... They went everywhere. Christians are around the world, not located to a particular location at a 
particular time along the way. The world does not know us. As the religious world does not know us as well. The religious world were looking at those who are gathered around in a synagogue. The world in general looks at Christianity not so much by who's on the inside as they do by what's on the outside. If you got a huge cathedral or a huge building, ah, oh, they must be Christians. How many times you hear people in the world, and how many times have we at times used it? You've got a lovely church, preference to the building. Sometimes I've been enough, I know the person well enough, and I say, You've got a lovely church. I said, have you looked at us lately? <clears throat> it's not the building. But sometimes that's how Christianity is described by the world. They don't know the world. The world don't know Christianity. Sometimes the early Christians met by, or as they would become Christians, were met meet by the riverside in Acts 16 and verse 13. If they meet by the riverside today, they're just, what, poor people who can't afford a building. They're not looking at who they are. They're looking at where they happen to assemble. Early Christians met in the catacombs, commonly known for graveyards today, underground burials. Well, if they met in the graveyards today... There would not be many people who would want to go there. That's not a proper place to go. They do not know us because they do not know God and they do not know Christ. They often met in homes, Acts 12 and verse 12. They met in homes today while you're just a small group of people. Again, not understanding the nature of Christianity and what it is that God would have us to do. The world does not know us as they would read or look at and those in the day that as they would perceive the people described in Acts or in Hebrews eleven, verses thirty seven through thirty eight would describe if that's Christianity. Hmm. I want no part of it. Driven out into the wilderness, naked, hungry, destitute, fed to the lions, sown into. That's Christianity. I want no part of it. They do not know us because they do not know who God is and who Christ is. Why does the world not know us? Again, because they did not know Jesus. Jesus reminds us that they persecuted Jesus, they're going to persecute us. John 15 and verse 20. 
The world does not want to know Christianity because a lot of times of the negative implications that go with it. Again, the mention there of Hebrews 11, 37 through 38, meeting at the riverside, being scattered abroad, being persecuted for simply believing in Christ. And a lot of that has to do with the fact of John 12, verse 43. They love the praise of men more than they love the praise of God. And that applies to the religious world today who do not who say they know Christ, but who do not indeed want to follow him. To have religious leaders say, We know what the Bible says, but if we did what the Bible says, we would lose the people that we have following us. What a sad commentary for a religious leader to make about why they do what they do is for the prestige and the praise of men more than for the praise of God. Need to be more along the lines of Acts 4 and verse 13. Those early disciples, they knew them to be uneducated, unlearned men. But the one thing they recognized about them, there was something different. By what they did, by what they said, they recognized that they had been with Jesus. We need to be reminded that we live in a world that's passing away. And we need to be reminded that he who does the will of God will abide forever. Who do you want to know you? The world does not know you. Do you want to be known by the world? Or do you want to be known by God? Eternity weighs in the balance. Regardless of what man does, this world ceases to be. And eternity will then follow. Where do you want to be eternally? With those who know God or with those who do not know God? The freedom of choice is so easy to say. But living that choice may seem to be difficult. But as with any choice that is made, what are the consequences that come as a result? Are we willing to do what God would have us to do? Have you been to Jesus? Have you allowed him to change your life? Are you allowing him to continue to change your life? 
to draw you closer and closer to him so that one day eternity with him will be the reward. You choose. If your life is not where it needs to be, if you need to make a change within that life, if we could assist you, if we could help you, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.